boys and girls, welcome back to the Inspiration Space for the first of a three-part series. So, last week I was lucky enough to be invited up to Bradford to interview three fantastic fellas who run three fantastic businesses. They were part of the Red Bull Amafico Academy, which is essentially an academy run for social entrepreneurs and it was the first one they ran in the UK. Really impressive event put on by Red Bull. I was really astonished by the work that they were doing with these amazing businesses throughout the week. Um, and it was a real pleasure just to go up there for the five hours uh, to interview these amazing guys. So the first one on this week um, is a guy called Ben Slack who runs an amazing business called The Swan Song Project. I'm not going to ruin any of it now. I'm not going to put any description into what he does. You've just got to listen to this episode. It's really powerful what this guy has put together. Um, it, it was amazing to speak to him. He has so much, uh, so much passion for the project that he's working on. And obviously the people that he's, he's really touched with this business um, really benefited from it. And it was just a really, really, really powerful uh, 30 minutes. And it was great to meet him. And he's going to pop down to London. Hopefully at some point we'll do a workout together. But I was just so blown away with the work this guy's doing and, and so impressed. And, and really wish him all the best because I can only, only think that it's going to uh, go from strength to strength in the future. Enjoy this one, guys. Get stuck in and keep your eyes peeled for the next two episodes, which will be coming up over the next couple of weeks. All right, guys. Bonjour. Ben, mate. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thanks good. for thanks for having me. No, absolutely. I'll tell you what. I'm, I've got three... I'm interviewing three people today, and I was redoing my research on the way up, and I was like... I was getting teary, mate, in all honesty, when I, when I was really looking at what you, you get up to. And if I do well up, I'm, it's only because I'm quite an emotional guy, but... I, the work that you do is is really like my, my podcast is called the Inspiration Space, and it and it really is in, inspirational stuff. Um, so, firstly, I want to say thank you very much for taking time out to, to speak to me, mate. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's um, it's a pleasure to speak to you. And, um, I like what you said there. So, one of the things that's been it, the, the work is so moving and powerful that it does make people well up all the time. Yeah. And it's something I've had to get comfortable with, especially with being a big guy of being comfortable about tears and something this week, especially. It's been. Uh, I can, imagine, I can imagine i think what's best that always a starting point is to kind of if you don't mind just introduce yourself a little bit so they uh other listeners can get a bit of context on you and then like kind of talk about your journey up to like the creation of this uh, the swan song project i mean that, that'd be really cool just to get a bit of context on that yeah uh so yeah my name's ben ben buddy slack and i've been playing music for about 16 years maybe 17 years something like that and uh i got into community music work quite a while ago then I used to do a lot of work with, with young offenders and a lot of work in prisons and different community spaces and uh, songwriting's my thing. I love, I love writing songs, it's fascinating me. Uh, so I got quite good at writing songs with people, just kind of fell into it, but figured it out as I was going and like, um, and I just, I love it. It's just fascinating because it's, it's never the same. You know, like if you teach someone guitar, like you teach someone smoke on the water, you do, it's the same every time. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but you write a song with someone, it's unique every time and you get to know that person in a really special way. Uh, so I love it. And, I kept seeing the power of it as well, like especially you know, in these difficult places like prisons and mental health hospitals and things like that, and see how much it means to people to be able to express themselves and create a song, do something they never thought they could do. Um, then what brought me to the Swan Song Project was I asked my grandma, maybe about five years ago, I think it was now, and um, my grandma loved singing with us, and lots of my musical upbringing was at grandma's house. I remember her sitting in a chair and singing along with us. And when she was right near the end, um, me and my uncle sang to her, and she was in the hospital bed, and she, was, uh, she hadn't really you know, been responding for quite a while. And it was like it was like she came back to life, like her face lit up. 
we were holding her hands and she started tapping her fingers along with us and stuff like that. And it was just this really powerful memory. And a year or two after that, my mum was telling me how much her and the other people in the room remembered that and how much it meant to them, this moment of us making music together. And I thought, like, I should have recorded it. Wouldn't it have been great if we'd had that on? I recorded her singing with us another time. And then I went from there, being a songwriter, I was like, well, imagine if Grandma had written a song, like, what would she have said? And thinking of all these things that, you know, these little catchphrases she used to say. She used to call me Benji Bumblebee. <laughs> and she'd say, <laughs> I'd come down, and she'd say, Benji Bumblebee that came to visit me and made a cup of tea. <laughs> things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just, all those little things, and I was like, imagine if, if I had a song that Grandma had written in for me. And then I was like, well, you know what? I write songs with people. Maybe I should do that. Uh, maybe I should see people at the end of their lives want to have a chance to write a song. So that was your aha moment, like kind of like, oh, this this could be this could be a business. It could be, yeah. And it's it was um, it took me a long time to believe it was because I was like, that seems like a good idea to me, but it can't be because I, I don't have good ideas generally. <laughs> and I, was, I had about a year where like I was going to I started with my, my closest friends like, excuse me, mate, can I can I run something by you? I've had this idea, right? Um, I'm thinking of doing this, and I, I was really nervous because I thought they'd be like, oh, you can't do that, of course you can't do that because of whatever. And I kept doing it, and people were like, "That sounds like a great idea. Why, why, why is that not already um, a, you know, a big thing?" And then eventually, I built up my confidence, contacted the hospices, and got some funding. And it's just, it's just gone from strength to strength, and it's just, it's a real privilege to do. I think I've worked with maybe about sixty people so far. Um, Insane people at varying stages of terminal illnesses. Sometimes people are quite early on, and still got, you know, a couple of years left. Sometimes it's people in the last last weeks. We also work with family members now, so a lot of a lot of children whose parents or grandparents have just passed. Um, and it's really, sometimes with them, I start with them when the you know, the grandparent, our parents, still alive, and I work with them through the transition. And it's like with kids, I teach them a bit of it, a bit more music as well, I teach them some instruments. So it's like the the something. I think it was like you're kind of giving birth to something at a time when you're losing something. So you're giving birth to a new song and mm. hopefully a new passion, a new skill that they can enjoy to mm. carry them through that difficult time and hopefully into the future. 100%. I mean, mate, there are so many things that fascinate me about this business. I'll get onto them in a minute, but I'm really intrigued. As in, Can you just walk us through the process of sort of getting a new, do you call them clients? I don't, I don't know. How do you, what, what do you phrase it as? Yeah, I, I call them songwriters. Songwriters? Uh, yeah, oh, I love I, that. I, I love that. So, yeah, so what's the process? You literally, you, you, you get approached or you, and, and then you go and ask them questions. How, how, does, how does that work? I'm, I'm just intrigued. Mm. So at the moment, we work with three hospices. We work with right. Mary Curie Hospice at the Road here in Bradford. We work with St. Gemma's Hospice in Leeds, and we work with Wheatfields Hospice in Leeds. Um, so they advertise it there to their their beneficiaries and their people who use their service. They have flyers there, and if someone, you know, they say, you, if you're interested in writing a song, we've got a guy, a big bearded guy, will come in <laughs> write a song with you. Um, so that's how that's how it's been so far, which works well. And then, you know, when I go to see one person, I'll often go around and have a cup of tea with someone and say, oh, how are you getting on today? And... Uh, because the big part of it, most people, you say, you want to write a song, you're like, I can't write a song, I'm not a songwriter, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy. Um, but then if I, if I sit down with them, just get to know them a bit and tell them a bit. You know, it's, it's breaking that idea that you can't do it because everyone can write songs. That's my thing, is that music is this, it's this amazing gift that we've got that moves us in ways that we don't really understand. Mm. It's just like you can't, it's, you can't resist, resist music and everyone's got it, Every, whether they want to believe it or not. Everyone can, everyone can sing. You know, to varying levels of skill or to people's tastes, but everyone can everyone can do it. Everyone can make noises in different pitches. Yeah. Everyone's got rhythm. Your heart beats. You walk in a rhythm. Everyone's got a way of using language and expressing themselves. And that's all a song is. It's just putting those things together in a certain concoction and recording it. And some people just need need a bit of help. Guidance, to bring it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, what is what do you think is it's it's just so therapeutic? Like, why do you think that is? I, I find that interesting. 
Yeah, what is it about it for you that, that that makes it? It's obviously therapeutic for you to to do it, whether it be for yourself or, or help others do it. And what what do you think it is that really makes it that, that's so therapeutic? The, making songwriting therapeutic. Yeah. For me, it's the combination. So like, I find writing very therapeutic in general. Um, just writing words and writing lyrics and stuff. But when you combine it with the music, it's that's the magic thing for me. Like, with that's why songs for me are the, the you know, like I love I love all types of art, but songs for me are just a magic thing because you've got the intellectual capacity of understanding the words and the emotional response to the music, which most of the time you can't consciously understand. You know, it's like, mm. this song makes me feel this way. I don't really know why. Sure. It just hits me in the feels. And you can break down the lyrics as much as you want and think, you know, some lyrics you can't, some lyrics, are, you know, just, again, affect you in yeah. strange ways. But um, it's, yeah, it, feel, it feels like playing with magic. That's yeah. what I think with songwriting. No, I bet. I bet. Um I think uh, what I want to start really with is in terms of the, it's actually, before I go into that, it's funny. I was in the gym yesterday and I was thinking about obviously the mind's view with you and I was watching people with their, their headphones on. Yeah. Like bopping around the gym, like singing into themselves. And it made, it really started this catalyst of thought of like how music has the ability to kind of break people down to a point where they can just relax and show emotion and, almost be like their true self, right? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, but I was like, when you catch someone in the gym, like singing them to themselves, yeah, they like automatically snap back into gear because they're like, oh, well, you know, what am I doing? But it's the power of music to kind of bring people to that point where they can actually express themselves for who they really are. Yeah. And, and like, I just thought that was a good example. Like, like, like I was seeing, I was like, that, that right there is, is, essentially the, the the bare bones of, of 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 what you're doing and it's it's bringing people to a level where they can actually start to express their their emotions and how they're feeling how they're feeling yeah 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 and in the gym it's also like it's the best performance enhancing drug there is yeah. when, I, when i put on when i put on some acdc when i'm lifted yeah. I, i'm 10 percent stronger 20 percent stronger do you think there's like something scientific there like with, there must with music? be i'd love to know what it was what it is i'd love to understand that but it's definitely what you know when you, when you put on a big when a song and like you can be halfway through a workout and your workouts, yeah, you know, your music's on, then a certain song kicks out and all of a sudden it's like you just started again. Yeah, <laughs> it's but it's crazy. true. But like even the other side of it, like, I mean, when I'm anxious, like I've noticed recently, I'll, I'll find myself putting on like Frank Sinatra mm. and it will just kind of mellow me out a little bit. So, I mean, I just, I've, I've never, in, in all honesty, until I, I knew I was interviewing you, I never really thought yeah. about the power of it. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And that's yeah. the things that I'm really like, it's a big part of my work and, I'm keen to expand my reach with it and start and post that podcast myself where it'll be more of this of just talking about songs in detail and like, yeah. why is this song powerful? What is it about this that makes yeah. people, what do you like about this song? What's this? Yeah. Cause it's a fascinating subject that yeah, a lot of people just don't think about. Um, well, just to go back to what you said then about the thing, seeing the people in the gym, when people lose themselves in the music and it's a beautiful thing. It's another one of the things that's become a real joy with this is I think mu music's one of the best vehicles for people to showcase the best of themselves and their truest self when someone gets lost in music. And so when, I get a lot when we record, you know, so I've written a song with someone and then I'll kind of coach them to feel comfortable recording it. And when they, when you see someone nailing something, they're just playing it and they're singing it a big smile on the face yeah. and doing something they never thought they'd do with like headphones on the microphone, stuff like that. There's nothing better than that. Beautiful. And when you see like an artist get on stage and just giving it their all and just yeah. doing that moment, that's just the most inspiring thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So back to the process. Back to the pro so when you first start the relationships with these people, so what I love about this as well is that you don't just work, like you said, you don't just work with the, the individual themselves. You work sometimes with the families right, surrounding it. I think that is stunningly 
brilliant idea. I just think it's also an element of genius to it in terms of I'm obsessed with mental health, right? And grief is probably up there with the hardest thing to process, okay? I, I can imagine, I'm, I'm lucky enough, touch wood, that I haven't had to deal with it. In a, I lost my grandma about 10 years ago, um, but she was, you know, well on her ways. And it, in terms of the grieving process, it was kind of, it happened smoothly. Um, but I can imagine in some of these terminally ill cases, a lot of people find it hard to register their feelings and um, express themselves correctly. So essentially, like you said, this is the vehicle that helps them kind of do it. So I'm interested in terms of when you first start working with, whether it be the individual or, or, or the people, the fact the family surrounding it, how does how do you start you have to be a certain kind of person, like you, you, like you are, like somebody who's very open, friendly, like smile on your face, lovely body language, to to draw them in. But how how do you get them to that place where they, to start, you know, putting their emotions? Because essentially they're talking about their emotions, right? Mm. In these lyrics, so how how do you draw that out of them? It's something I'm still kind of unpacking myself yeah, in a way. Yeah, um, sure. One thing I think about is that. We've talked a lot on, on this on my Peak Up Academy about intention and about having the right intention and how then that can help things, you know, manifest in a way. So that's my main thing with it is that I go in thinking I'm going to write a song, we're going to have a nice time, we're going to write a song together. Yeah. And it seems to come through. And one of the things as well is that it's not, you know, I'm not a, there's not, there's no such thing as a perfect songwriter. Yeah. So it's a, it's a process we go through together. Mm. We might make suggestions, we might, we might have some sessions where we don't make any progress at all. We might, sometimes we just talk about whatever's gone on that week, how they're feeling, mm. different things. It's like, I don't put a time limit on it either. And it's not pressured because you can't be creative when you're pressured. If I said like, come on, first verse, what is it? First sure, line, come yeah, on, give me yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to work, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a conversation. It's just, you know, make someone feel relaxed and, and build a genuine rapport with them. Mm. Like it's not, it's not a fake service. It's, it's I want to get to know this person to help them write this song, whatever it is. And yeah, it's got to build that trust. And it, it's, you know, it's like, whatever we do here, no one else has to see it. Like mm. we'll, we can write something. If you don't like it, we'll throw it away. No one mm. sees it. I'm not going to tell anyone else about this mm. um, until you until you tell me you're happy with it. So we'll get we'll get loads of ideas out. If we might throw away 90% of them, we might keep the 10%, which makes the song perfect. Um, but it is just it's just I think the genuine connection and the genuine yeah wanting wanting to write these songs, yeah. which um, then goes on to the fact that one of these things that's so difficult about it is obviously then I lose people and I can't do the work without making a connection. But then when you lose people, you've, you've made a connection with them. You can't treat them like a doctor might treat some symptoms of a person. You've got to connect to them yeah. to do this work in that way. Wow. I mean, it's therapy. Like it's, it's, it's heavy stuff, mate. Like, yeah. like, I mean, that's one question I wanted to ask later on, but I mean, I mean, I deal in the belly to belly business. So I'm at a gym. Okay. And I even feel sometimes I take on people's emotions all the time. Okay. I mean, your your situation where you're dealing, you're taking on so so much emotion, and I mean, that's you know, I can't think of a circumstance in the world where people are more raw, right? Does that ever weigh down on you as an, as an individual? It, it it must it must take its toll, and and if so, how how do you kind of deal with that? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I think I underestimated it to begin with. I think when I first started mm -hmm. it, I was kind of a bit like, yeah, I'll be fine. I can deal with this. And I think I burnt myself out quite badly. And I, I got quite a serious batch of depression then the last year. Um, what, yeah, I had a really bad time there back in the last year. I kind of just keep everything going, but at home I was just um, mm. in a bad way. And I think that was, you know, it might, it's one of the things where I just, I was, you know, I was down. I didn't know what it was. And that's what I think it might be that I was just mm. trying to be too strong 
for this and not accepting the fact that when you lose people you care about, it's going to hit you. And mm-hmm. it might hit you at different times, um, but it's going to hit you. So since then, um, I've started to try and make a lot more effort. And just being aware of it is one thing. Being aware that this is, is going to affect me. Um, I, I see the, the chaplain at the hospice um, regularly and we just talk through stuff. He's always there as well. The hospice staff are all great for in terms of like, they, you know, I basically get access to all the hospice services. So their bereavement counselling and stuff like that, if I need it. Um, I, I'm trying to be kind to myself. I used to try and muscle through everything. Like, you know, mm. if, I was, if I was feeling down, like you've got work to do, just get on with it, you've got to do this. Now, if, if I'm not going to impress him, I've got a session, I'm working from home and I've just lost someone that I was close with. I say, just take that off if you need it, just whatever you need to do. And I exercise a lot. My exercise yeah, yeah, yeah. has uh, skyrocketed as the amount of swan song work I was doing. Wow. It, just, just, it just happened to correlate with running. I was doing particularly at the time. Um, and I just noticed like, oh, I've run a lot more miles this week than usual. And it's like, oh, well, you actually you just lost two people last week or whatever that you'd worked with. And then I'm back on the lifting again now. But that's my, I was saying that these guys are on this uh, academy about my routine. You know, I'll do a session and it can be a really heavy emotional session. I kind of. Take a little while afterwards. Maybe, and, you know, obviously playing music myself as well. That's sure. so therapeutic for me. But then when I finish, I like to try and finish my sessions and I get to the gym. Um, and I get to the gym, put my headphones on. Lift That's some your weights, time. Lift some weights, some kettlebells, whatever. And um, then just take, take, you know, it puts me in my body out of my, out of my emotions, in my mind and makes me feel great. I was talking to Hector here about it. Um, and he was saying, you know, that whatever's going on when you go to the gym, you lift some weights, it makes you feel strong. And feeling strong physically helps you feel strong emotionally as well. Oh, massively. I mean, I'm the biggest advocate in the world for, I mean, to me, the same thing. I mean, mental and physical health, they're just, they're, you know, can't even separate them sometimes. I mean, apart from the actual presence of lifting weight, you know, you can't lift weight in your mind, but, mm-hmm. you know, they run so side by side and absolutely, bro, like, you, like I would be in that gym, like, doing exactly what you do if, if I was in, you know, doing the work you do, 100%. Like, you need that time for yourself, surely, just to process everything that's going down. Um... What I love about this as well, and I'm not 100% accurate on this, at the end of the process when you've written the song, yeah, do you, talk to me about that. What's the the process with that? I mean, is that a special day? I mean, what's that like for you as the sort of, can I call you the composer or the- Co-writer. Co-writer. What's that like for you to see that? And and how is it, is it individual to to the case for the individual? I mean, explain that to me. Yep, so it's something that is yeah, it's getting more more bespoke in a way. When okay. I first started it, I just had a portable recording device, Tascam sure. thing, put it in the middle of the room, we just do a live take, record it, there we go, done. Which is cool, it works, you know, you get a live take of stuff. But then I'm just getting into getting my better recording equipment out again. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm stuck with recording equipment, but I'm getting, I'm getting a bit better with it. And I can do a simple multi-track. So I've started doing that. We've taken a few people to studios, which <laughs> nice. um, is, again, it's one of the things where people haven't been in a music studio. When you go to music studios a lot, you forget how, how exciting it is when we've not been in there. Going and seeing the big mixing desk and everything, all the mics set up and all the kit and everything. It's, it's such an exciting experience for people. So we've done that a few times. There's a great video of Vice. Uh, Vice and the National Lottery did a video about us earlier in the year. Sure. They had these two little girls um, and we took them to a studio to sing the song about the grandma. Oh. And that was one of their moments where the parents hadn't heard the song and they were sat there. And at first, um, Lily was uh, Lily and Ella were, were quite nervous when they were starting. But then I just remember, like, first line in and just like seeing them kind of rise and just really step into that moment and just share. And I, I was sat there next to them playing the ukulele. And I just I was like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> just my. It, was, it was amazing. So things like that. So that'll be a memory. They hopefully will remember for a long, long time of going to the studio to record the song about the grandma. And they get a really nice recording out of it and nice pictures and everything. 
Um, so I'm trying to make, make, do that and make things more special and give people the option of like... How they want to execute how, it. Yeah, how you want to do this. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do a live recording in front of your friends and family? Do you want to bring people in to see? Mm. Do you want to go and record it to the other hospice patients? Do you mm. want it to be just me and you in a room? Uh, it take as long as you want. And long term, I want to have our own studio where people can come and we'll do sessions there. We'll have everything kitted out. Offer of, off of videos as well, something quite nice we've been doing now. If people want to do a video of them performing the songs, really nice because you know, we're seeing people doing it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean it's, it's not the same, but I did a podcast with my father. Mm. And my father's my father's seventy eight, so you know, I touched when he's got he's got a relatively long time. But I've, I recorded it, and I'll have that forever. Yeah. So I mean, I was wondering if that was something that you may do because that that is that's special. That's yeah. that's something that you have forever. And you and what what's beautiful about what you do as well is the, the process of the songwriting. That's a journey in itself, right? So they they don't just remember that recording; they remember the whole process of how they got to there. So it's yeah. And it's sort of like this. It must be one of the most. It must be so rewarding, mate. It's when it so goes satisfying. Like, yeah, I love, yeah. It. I love seeing this. And one of the things is, which I, something I hadn't thought of when I, I started it, and it was something people told me is that when people have a terminal illness, they their life becomes about being a terminally ill person. Everyone asks them how they're doing, how the medication is. They they lose their the other things they can do. They're not well enough to you know go to the gym anymore or do whatever the activities they did what were important to them. They can't look after the kids the same way. They can't take the kids to the park or whatever. They can't. They just can't do the same things they are, so they lose touch with who they are in a lot of ways and just become a patient. When I, when we do a song, it's not about their illness; it's about them. And it's like, what's your life about? What's important to you? Tell me about you. What do you want to say? So it reconnects them to that thing. And for, for then, for however long it takes us, they're not a, they're not a terminally ill patient anymore. They're they're a songwriter and a recording artist and a performer. That's a their identity. That's who they are now. I'm a I'm a musician. And I don't. This is another thing: is when so when the song's finished, I give people the option if they want to keep it private. And they, I give them, I give them CDs, and I send them the MP3, and they can do whatever they want with it. Um, or if they want to, they can share it on my website, the Swan Song Project website. And again, if we do videos and stuff like that, and we can share them and put them on social media, and people love that. So again, that was an option I thought, and I thought mm. like, yeah, I mean, some, not, it's not for everyone. Some people that do just want to keep with their families, and that's completely fine. But it's like another extra touch. We had a guy last year called John, John Hurst, and he wrote, he wrote, he wrote two great songs for me, John. Because um, <laughs> he was just the way he spoke about the hospice in such a beautiful way. I was like, man, you should really write a song about the hospice with the way, <laughs> the way you talk about it. But obviously, you've got to write your own song as well. So he wrote his, his own song and then wrote a song about the hospice. Um, and the one about the hospice, we recorded and put it on Facebook. And I think it had about 5,000 views in the first week. So the next week, I saw him and he strutted like a proper rock star. And everyone around the hospital was like, oh, John, I saw your video. That was great. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'd love and to I see just, that. I just loved it. Yeah, it was so good, man. And, um, he just, yeah, I loved seeing that. He just, he was so happy about it. And all these nice comments, like people just leaving the most beautiful comments and it's yeah. just great. Again, it's, Oh, you know, mate. I mean. Giving people a lot of time it, to shine. I mean, one of the questions I've written down, I mean, I mean, it's not even a question, it's surely just a statement. Your perspective on life being in these situations must be, like the small things that you probably used to think were massive deals. When, you, when, you're, when you're dealing with these terminally ill songwriters, let's call them now, sorry, songwriters, um, it must just put everything in perspective. Massively. Yeah. Massive. In what yeah. way? To explain. I can, you know, you still, yeah, you still get, feel sorry for yourself. And the world is made from time to time. But then I go, I go to a session and I work with someone and I'm like, you know, the fact that whatever was going on this morning, it's not actually that big a deal. Mm. I'm so lucky where I'm at at the moment um, to have the time that I have. And yeah, just really trying to appreciate life as it goes by, there's, there's a woman wrote a song called Appreciate Life last year at St. German's Hospice with me, a woman called Lydia, wrote a beautiful song called Appreciate Life. And that was her whole message that she was going to tell people, appreciate life as it mm. happens. You know, don't, um, 
don't just be looking at the future all the time enjoy it and again linking back to exercise um it's something i was for years and years i said i'm going to do a marathon at some point and i realized like i've been saying that for 10 or 12 years i'm yeah, not getting yeah. close to doing it so last year I was like, i'm just gonna do it and i just signed up for one and did it and Where? since then uh, the howarth yorkshireman oh wow so near here off road trail crazy man yeah. crazy <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought i trained hard i thought i knew what hills were till yeah. i got to howarth oh man and though like I've never seen nothing, like, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing prepared for <laughs> the that hills shit. near me. It's just like, yeah, nothing. Um, but yeah, great experience. And then so, and so I've been kind of really reveling in the physical stuff as well. I've been like, you know, yeah. now I'm at, an, I'm at an age where I'm healthy enough to, to take on these things and enjoy, enjoy the physicality of exercise. And I'm very aware that might not happen. Might, might not last. Yeah, I could, I could get an illness and not be able to run anymore. Um, I could get in an accident and something could happen to me. So at the moment, like I'm fit enough to do this stuff and enjoy it. So I'm I'm kind of trying to make the most of that, mm. um, and it translates to what's yeah because you just don't know what's what's around the corner, do you? It's oh. you know the stoic thing of what is it, memento um, mori of that. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate, hundred percent. I mean, I can only imagine like how they must just put everything in perspective. Yeah. Do you work with them every day? Pretty much every day. Is it somebody every day? Uh, just out of curiosity, do yeah, you have, do you have days to yourself? Um, I try. I try and take. I try and not work five days because yeah. you know who wants to work five days a week. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about it's all about demand at the moment, really. So if um, if I've got patients who want to see me, I'll mm. go and see them. And you've got I've got to be very flexible because you know we, we have limited time sometimes. So sure. like I try and if someone's you know near the end, I might go and see them multiple times Lots in a week. If they're early stage, we might do one a week. Yeah. Um, it's all very flexible. So it all works in, with the people as well. I'll see someone and say, well, so when's good for you next? Do you want to come same time next week? Or do you mm. want to, how about, how about Tuesday? We'll go, we'll mm. go to something there. Um, but yeah, and there was a while where it was a bit quieter. So it goes, it goes in ebbs and flows, depending on who's at the hospice really mm. and what else is going on. But there was a while where I wasn't doing that many sessions, but I was just doing all the boring work, you know, like yeah. trying to develop the, the organizational structure and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and it sucked. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, you love that. You love the climb base. And there's times where you know, I'd lose a bit of enthusiasm for it because um, I'd be sat outside a computer all day writing funding applications mm. and stuff like that. But then I'd do a session and I'd be like, man, I'll do, I'll do all the funding applications I need. If as long as I can do that, as long as I can write songs with people, I'll sit at that computer. That's <laughs> brilliant. Man, that's but brilliant. hopefully, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long before I can employ someone to do do the boring stuff for me. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm the same way on stuff. that one. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is quite a deep question, um, yeah. but it's something that really does interest me. And I was thinking about the whole way up on the train here, three hours on, on the train. What have you learnt about, like, from all the exposure that you've had? I mean, terminally ill human beings. I mean, what what's the number one thing you've learnt about humans like do you know what i mean like like i said earlier they're in their rawest this is like the most raw state of emotion right they these people know that they're potentially well they're coming to an end what have you learned like what 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 have you learned about human 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 beings it might be a really hard one but yeah. i'm just thinking is there anything that stands out like i have been exposed to that i just can't even yeah it's that people are people at all stages of their life, that life's not over till it's over, mm. and people are fascinating. Um, again, you know, you once you get talking to people, I've not met a single person. I'm like, well, they've got no crowd. They're boring. Other, <laughs> no one's, no one's. When you get someone talking, honestly, everyone's got a, a million stories to tell, and their own ways of expressing things. And the fact, and that human connection is the most important thing. That relationships with other people and those connections you make is what are the most important things in life because 
no, no one I work with says, I want you to write a song about those faxes that I sent back in the yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> no one says, uh, oh, this song's going to be on my email inbox, something like that. It's all about, you know, my, my, my partner or my children or my parents or the people that have mattered most to me and the um, experiences that we've had together. So that's, again, something what I try and implement in my own life as much as I can. I try, you know, whenever I get kind of wrapped up in work stuff and things, I try and remember, you know, keep those connections alive and yeah, sp- spend as much time with the people that, that really I love matters. and care about as I can. Man, it's stunning. Um, so, a couple of questions that we're going to wrap this up, this bad boy up with. By the way, it's been a real pleasure. So, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. Um, if you had a piece of advice for, for for another social entrepreneur, you know, who who really has a project that project they're excited about, what you know, what what would stand out to you as like a life lesson that you've learned from the process of setting this business up? Is there anything that stands out that you pass on as a bit of advice? Uh, remember, remember why you're doing it. Keep your passion mm. for it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, there's a there's a real thing about, well, this is my idea, so I should have to do everything. I should do it all. Mm. And it's silly. It's like it's, it's ego driven. We had Sam Conneth came and spoke today, and he said that when he realised his ego was the reason he was being CEO of his company, not because he enjoyed it. He said then he you, know, you got someone who was better at being the CEO and let him do the stuff what he loved. That was like that's exactly what I feel like a lot of the time. Mm. Like my ego makes me think, well, I should be the CEO of, of Swan Song or whatever. But really, I'm a songwriter. I don't want to be. I don't want to be sat in board meetings all day. I want to be writing songs with people. So remembering that, and remembering to it's not it's not important to ask for help and find the right people, and that there is a lot of support. My first year or two of doing this was really struggles. It was just me flopping around trying to figure out how to run something, and then I started asking for help. And there's there's loads of organisations. So I like this Red Banana Pico Academy has been huge. Been a fantastic experience for me um, in terms of developing those things and making those networks with other other social entrepreneurs and other things. It's very isolating working by yourself. But the guys um, the girls that we're working with here. They're, they're all having the same struggles and mm. it's just great to share great those to share those things, yeah. Brilliant. Where can people find you? Socials, website, yeah, tell all. I'll, I'll put all the links in my show notes so people can, can oh, follow you. Um, so yeah, just just let us know quickly. Yeah, um, Facebook, the Swan Song Project, um, Instagram, the Swan Song Project and Ben Buddy Slack's my personal, which is more of my, well, Swan Song stuff, but it's also my exercise stuff and, because oh, my I'm lizard. Gonna that, bro. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to train together? Gonna together, train together that's, that's my new thing at the minute. I want to train as many different people as possible. Mate, as well. so we'll get, we'll get on on it, you man. ever come down to London? Do you ever come down? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah. Mate. I'm down, uh, well, down next week. We, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, mate. We'll, 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 we'll get, definitely get a workout. Have <laughs> yeah. you, you ever heard of F45? F45? Yeah, so it's the gym that I come home with my best mate. Go come down. Oh, mate. It's brutal. You'll love it. And lastly, and this is what I'm really excited to hear, man. You know, what's going on? Have you got any big plans in the next six to 12 months? Just continue going. Anything that stands out you're really excited about? Um, implementing a lot of the stuff from here, really, and taking it to the next level. I'm going to try and really, I've, I'm a bit, bit shoddy with social media a lot of the time. I kind of go through phases of enthusiasm. I'm going to really try and boost that and expand the service outside of, I realise what I do is the, the sessions are the core work, and that's really important. But the impact of the work to the wider public in changing the discussion about end of life and bereavement and getting people talking about it, yeah. feeling more comfortable about it, because that's what reduces the, the impact. If, you, if you're prepared for something and you thought about it before, when it happens, and it's going to happen to everyone, you're more prepared and you're, it's going to affect you. Not you know, you, you'll, be, you'll be more resilient for it. So we're gonna, I'm going to really try and push just to, to expand and let more people know about it. And it's um, great, yeah. Man mate it's been an absolute pleasure Thank really you, really appreciate you. your time and uh, mate I can't wait to train with you next week yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff.